0: Good morning and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast and the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. Today's episode is proudly supported and sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registration for Fitness Professionals. Today, you'll be listening to Chris Cooper from Two Brain Business. Chris Cooper has a superpower. It's the ability to make mistakes faster than anyone else. Fortunately, none have been fatal, and they can help other gym owners build happier lives. Chris is the owner of CrossFit Catalyst and Ignite Gym, as well as several other small businesses. When Catalyst ran into trouble in 2008, Chris borrowed money to hire a mentor and began recording everything he learned on his first blog, DontBuyAds.com. 400 blog posts later, Chris was invited to speak at a gym seminar in Florida. He compiled the best blog posts in his first book, Two Brain Business, which has gone on to become the best-selling fitness business book of all time. Chris began mentoring gyms in early 2012. Soon after, he was invited to work as a journalist for CrossFit Inc., for a year and he began travelling around the world on the CrossFit for Hope and other projects. In 2015, he focused on writing two other books, Two Brain Business Version 2 and Help First. In 2016, he launched twobrainbusiness.com to make gyms more profitable. In 2019, he published another book, Founder, Farmer, Tinker, Thief. Please enjoy today's episode from Chris Cooper.
1: Hey Mel, thanks for inviting me to be on the Gym Owners Business Network podcast. It's a real thrill to be here. Uh, These are really challenging times, but I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Uh, So for those who don't know me, my name is Chris Cooper. I'm the founder of 2brainbusiness.com. Around 2008, uh, my gyms were in trouble. I opened my first gym in 2005, but I started coaching in 1996. And by the time I hit 2008, I had two gyms. Uh, one was basically going under and pulling everything else with it. And I uh, reached a low point where I finally realized I wasn't going to figure it all out on my own, found a business mentor, started turning the gym around. And uh, as a way to learn everything that he was teaching me better myself, I started taking notes and publishing online because I learned best as I teach. And so as I pretended to teach this imaginary audience, I had a blog called don'tbuyads.com. Some of the first advice the mentor ever gave me was fix your systems before you start marketing. So I, as a reminder to myself, I called my blog don'tbuyads.com. And a couple of years later, after three or almost four years of publishing for free every single day, I turned that blog into a book. I took the top 20 posts and that formed my first book, Two Brain Business, which is the best-selling fitness business book in the world of all time and uh, since then i've built a mentorship practice based on research and experience and so uh, we call it two brain business because one side of the brain the logical side uh, in our mentorship practice that means collecting data experience we have the largest data set anywhere in the world right now uh, through something that's called the two brain dashboard and the right hemisphere of the brain is more uh, creativity and care and so we're a mentorship practice because when you're solving any problem in business, the first half of the solution is knowing exactly what to do and the second half is actually doing it. And that's where mentorship comes in. So accountability and care. Um, What we did over the last several years, and I've spent $1.2 million US doing this, is building up a giant collective data set. And so every single month, there are hundreds of gyms in the two brain mentorship practice that report their data back to us we can test ideas, we can prove that they work, and then we take them out to the Two Brain gyms and they can say, here's how well they're working. As we find things that are working better and it makes us through our tests, we can apply those and see you know, how much better they're working. Um, that whole system, it takes a lot of effort to build, but it was never meant to be an early warning system. Uh, however, in this case with COVID, it's really worked that way. So because Two Brain has gyms in China, and then italy and germany what would happen is when COVID would shut the gyms down there we could say okay you know what are we trying what worked what didn't and then we could take those lessons and we could apply them to the next hot spot which turned out to be italy and so we took some of those lessons we applied them in italy and we said okay well this thing didn't work this thing really worked well and we kept refining our knowledge Uh, And we were doing that more and more quickly. And so by the time the COVID crisis really reached the shores of North America and then Australia, we already had a really good data set from at least a few dozen gyms on what had worked to retain clients and what hadn't. And then by the time it really started to shut down gyms around the world, uh, we already had a best practice and we were able to pivot 96% 96% of member revenue successfully in gyms doing our system in two brain. So that doesn't mean that they kept 96% of their members it meant that they kept 96% of their revenue uh, from before their gyms closed even weeks later. So that's pretty remarkable but the what what's happening now is that gyms are getting ready to reopen around the world and while gyms you know, around the commonwealth you know the UK, Australia, Canada we're being a little bit more cautious there are gyms that are going to open quickly and in some cases some gyms are going to even reopen this week and some gyms have already tried reopening in places like china and been shut down again so today i want to talk to you about how to lead uh, and how to reopen your gym because leadership in the covid crisis will not ultimately be measured by how quickly you close down it will be measured by how effectively you reopened and that means speed, but it also means care and balancing those two things. And so that's what we're gonna go through today. So though there's no real end in sight for the COVID crisis, some governments are already discussing plans to reopen non-essential businesses like gyms. In the States, the White House delivered its first tangible plan for reopening non-essential businesses. And you know the recovery for gyms, unfortunately, won't simply be like a grand reopening. Okay, the the recovery for gyms will not be a V-shaped curve, even though we shut down really quickly, we won't just flip the switch and be, you know, wildly open again, um, the exact same way that we were before. So on the surface, you know, the reopening of gyms seems like all upside. And I'm always happy to have any reason to be optimistic, but we need to temper this news with caution. Because the reality is that in the U.S., 30% of renters didn't pay their rent last month. And I know it's very similar in New Zealand, Australia, and Canada. Uh, Unemployment is creeping up. And in a lot of cases, governments are paying people to stay home. So will those people quickly return to work? Will they want to? We don't know. Uh, Consumer confidence around the world is at an all-time low right now. So while you do have people who are becoming early adopters to technology and doing online training, you also have people who are reluctant to go back to the old ways. So they might not all come back to your gym. The other reality is that your gym will probably open uh, under some restrictions. So you'll have a small number of people allowed in, or you'll have certain limited hours that you can operate. And the final you know, caution here is that the shelter in place mandate will probably become the knee jerk response of every government on earth whenever the next pandemic or the next crisis hits terrorism disease you know plague pestilence whatever this is the government's go-to response now for most places so this is probably going to happen again my purpose in in doing this is to bring clarity not to add noise more than ever mentors are filters now uh, because there's so many information so much info so many great ideas out there online your mentor's job is really to figure out what's best for you right now. So today I wanna give you a clear plan to reopen your business, whether you're actually able to do that in a week or six months. Whenever we're building a plan for any business, we actually build a plan on three levels. So first we we do it on the vision level, which is like we define the end state. Here's what we want to accomplish. Then we do it on the strategy level, which are the broad strokes of here are the steps that we're going to take to get there. And then we, define, we build the plan on the tactical level, which are the specific actions that we're going to take one by one. When you think about all the things that you possibly could be doing right now, applying for government relief, taking out a loan, paying your staff, finding online clients, learning how to market, loaning out equipment, these are all tactical things and you can feel paralyzed or overwhelmed when you start to you know, juggle them all. So starting with a vision of what we want will guide us to the correct tactics eventually. And then you only focus on the things that will get you over the finish line. So here's our vision. When your gym reopens, you will have a mix of in-person clients and online training clients. This vision will help with attendance limitations in the short term, but it will also add a new revenue stream in the long term. Seems simple so far, right? But we've got a clarifying vision. Now the strategy, we're going to achieve this vision in four steps. The first step is online only. Some clients, Uh, have pivoted to being coached online by you, hopefully a lot of your clients, but that's not true in all cases. It's the only viable option right now. Unfortunately, if you look at like the big chain gyms, there are a lot of them, especially in North America that are actually filing for bankruptcy because what these gyms are selling is access. Our gyms are selling coaching. We don't actually own a gym. We own a coaching business and the gym space that we used was one of the tools in our toolkit. The equipment that we used, that was one of the tools in our toolkit, but it wasn't the only tool and it certainly didn't define the entire toolkit. What the big chain gyms are learning now is that they only had one tool, access. They were renting space to people by the day. That tool's gone and they have no pivot. We're lucky that we can own a coaching business and pivot online for delivery. We can change the platform, but not change the service. So the the strategy first part is online only. The second part is what we call flex training, which is partially online and partially uh, in person. And we think that the second step toward achieving our vision is flex training in small groups. The third part is flex training in public spaces like parks. And the fourth part is a fully open facility. Now, I'm going to break down the tactics for each strategy in a moment. But first, a lot of gurus are making a lot of claims right now, firing out ideas. Some of these ideas might prove to be good ideas in the long run, but my point is we don't know. So why should you listen to us? Well... As I said earlier, I, I built two brain business mentorship practice to be a two way street. So we collect data and best practices from gyms around the world. We test and filter it, and then we share the distillate with everyone else. The ideas are great, but the science is really in the filtering because what matters here to all of us is proof. Everyone benefits from proof. It's made gyms far more profitable, saved you know, hundreds of gyms from bankruptcy and saved everyone years of trial and error because of that systematic approach a lot of gyms uh, have been able to kind of see into the future they've been able to look at what other gyms have done successfully and avoid the mistakes that they've made of course coronavirus kind of stops that and you know while we can track short-term data the data that we have tracked is limited however uh, there doesn't exist any data anywhere else so we're going to use the data that we have and the experience that we have and we're going to continue to share the best strategies as we find them and as the panic spreads around the world. Uh, this database of information experience doesn't exist anywhere else in the fitness world. It cost me 1.2 million to build so far and it's working. So for example, gyms in China have already tried to reopen and their rules were you could open up for four hours at a time with a maximum of four people in the building plus the coach after four hours you'd have to shut down for a mandatory two-hour sanitation process and then you could open again for another four hours so what does this mean well it means that you could train a maximum of eight of your clients in a day it means that opening up for eight uh sorry, not eight clients in a day, four times four plus four times four. So 32 clients in a day, four at a time, plus the coach for four hours, then you shut down for two. But if you're going to train 32 clients a day, you actually have to work two hours to sanitize, then coach for four hours, close for two hours to sanitize, coach for four more hours, close for two hours to sanitize. And so maybe you don't have to do the beginning and the end there, but, Eight hours of coaching in a day actually looks like 12 hours of work because the sanitation guidelines They would also have to take the temperature of clients coming into the gym And they'd also have to routinely take the temperature of the coaches Clients would also have to wear face masks So obviously this isn't just flipping the switch and reopening the gym Your clients can if you can only train 32 or whatever it is in a day Not all of your clients can come that day Maybe not all of your clients can even come in a week. So what you're going to have to do is maybe see your clients once a week, twice a week in a group, and provide them continued online workouts for the foreseeable future. Some uh, states, provinces, countries are even saying that it's okay to open a personal training gym, but it's not okay to open a commercial gym. It really depends where the government draws the line. Some are saying, well, you can't open gyms at all because they assume that every gym is like a big global gym. So you have to pay really close attention. But these tactics will still work no matter where you are. So stage one is pivoting to online. Hopefully you've already done this. If your gym closed and you didn't make this pivot, it gets harder by the day. However, if you haven't done it, now's the time to start. Um, So we published this guide called How to Move Your Business Online in 24 Hours or Less. It's on our website. I will share the link with you. Uh, And this worked for thousands of gyms. It didn't work for the rest of the fitness industry because big chains like 24-hour fitness in the States are facing bankruptcy already. But for us, the, the pivot to online coaching had one simple goal. Keep people around until the gym reopens. Now, there are some outliers out there who after experiencing online coaching have decided that they actually like it better so far. And so we're gonna take it slow, but if you fall into that boat, we'll have a plan for that too. For now, we see online coaching as a retention strategy with a potential upside uh, to be a new revenue stream later. But right now we're focusing on just keeping your clients around long enough to come back to your gym. So the top tactics for retaining clients through online coaching are this. Number one, customize your group programming for your members or upgrade them to personalized programming. Zoom classes, like public groups, they're not enough to retain people. And I've written a ton about this, so I won't beat that dead horse, but um, you you need to have like some virtual group offering, maybe a class or two classes a day, but that could also retain people just as well if it's just like you know a circle where everybody has a cup of coffee or tea or maybe we all have a drink together at five o'clock. That has the same retention benefit as Zoom classes. What is really uh, the difference maker is personal contact with every single client. So if you have a client who's paying to come to your gym three, four times a week, then you need to be in personal contact with that client three, four times a week. It doesn't mean you have to write them a completely separate workout. You can just customize your group training to them. The The second top tactic for online training retention is Asking your top clients, what do you need most from me right now? So if you have a hundred clients in your gym, pick the best five and just start with that. What do you need most from me right now? And then tailor your service depending on their answers. What a lot of people are finding is that they don't really need a workout right now. What they need is some help sticking to a schedule or maintaining their habits or like avoiding the carbohydrate covered in their, in their dining room. You know, um, And so that your coaching should be able to adapt to help them. Now, what happens if somebody says, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. And you say, I'm not qualified to help you with that. Well, then you find outside help and you bring that in to help your clients. The answer to what are you selling is whatever they need right now. The third tactic for online training is to start attracting new clients using affinity marketing or referrals. Then you turn to organic marketing. And then you learn how to use paid Facebook ads. Right now it's really sexy. It's attractive to jump to paid Facebook ads because CPM costs are really, really low right now. Uh, And you see the big chains doing it. They're trying to attract your clients through paid Facebook marketing. But what you have to realize is that there's a lot of low-hanging fruit out there right now. People are bored. They're on social media more. They're looking for something to do. They're actually open to working out. They've got more time than they've ever had. Uh, And so there's a lot of low hanging fruit out there. It's like when you were the first CrossFit in your town and you did a free community workout and five people showed up like the early adopters are back. And then the fourth thing is uh, the best retention strategies for online coaching. The fourth is to stay in contact with members who cancel. They're not breaking up with you forever. They're just taking a break. So you need to text them every week and ask, how are you feeling? How can I help you right now? Don't provide them anything that you're charging other people for. That's not fair, but you can certainly, um, just stay in contact and listen. Okay. Stage two of the plan. The second strategy is flex training. So most governments are going to restrict group class sizes. So, for example, I cut and pasted um, some guidelines from Utah, which are, quote, screen all employees and customers for symptoms, uh, one person per 100 square feet, eliminate all group activities and use and the use of locker rooms and showers and disinfect equipment after each use. So let's say that you have a gym um, and it's 300 square meters. That means that you can bring in, you know, very few clients at a time. Um, You know maximum 10 people in this 300 meter square foot space if it's the same as Utah and that would include the coach It would include you know, whoever else is there at the time if somebody shows up with their kid You have to include that kid. You're taking a spot away from somebody else But you also have to space the groups out because you have to disinfect equipment after each use and this also says in Utah that they can't have group activities and they can't use their locker rooms or showers So now you have to think about, well, what happens if I can only bring in nine people? I can't let them use the bathroom before they work out. um, And, you know, we're going to have to build in 15, 20 minutes between each class to disinfect all the equipment. How is that going to affect your plans? Okay. Um, What it means is that you're not going to be able to see people at the same frequency that you probably could before. So if somebody's used to seeing you four times a week, they're probably going to be able to fit in once or twice a week, and the rest of their training is still going to have to be online. That's the flex model. So the flex model is a combination of in-person and online coaching. You can assign them homework. And this is really how I started my personal training practice back in 2005. We would get people uh, to come in, two three times a week but for people who couldn't afford it they might come in once a week and get some homework to do you know at a global gym on their own the flex model is really a bridge between your new online business and your old bricks and mortar business and it should be priced according to the amount of personalized service you provide so we teach this in our mentorship program but here are the basics number one if you're providing in-person personal training you need to charge personal training rates you can't just continue to offer you know, a higher value service at the old prices that people were paying for group training. Group training has always been your discount option. So the second thing is like, don't give more service for less money. It's really tempting right now for coaches to keep adding more and more and more value on top of online training. And when we see that happening, we know it's because the coach doesn't understand the value of the training. The problem is that you're setting a precedent for the long term. So later, when you try to sell online training, clients are going to expect to get all of these extra things that you really don't have time for. And you quickly find that you're working harder for the same or less money. And the third rule is you need to take the time to carefully determine your rates, because the rate that you set now will be hard to change later. So strategy phase three is adding public spaces to the flex training model. So now what we're gonna do is we're gonna train clients in person, you know, once, twice a week. They're going to do their homework online, maybe twice a week, and you're going to move your Zoom classes into public parks if public areas open up. The thing that you have to be careful about here is you have to maintain social distancing guidelines when you're doing these workouts. It's not just business as usual, but now in a park. You have to space people out, they have to wear masks, you have to have, like sanitization equipment, you know, hand wash and stuff all set up. If you can't take those precautions, don't organize group workouts in the park. Here's the thing that we know. When in crisis, people do not behave the way that they would usually behave. We've already seen examples of this in Australia where some gyms are actually um, calling authorities to report other gyms who are receiving aid money. It's crazy, but this is how people behave when they're in crisis. They're suspicious of everyone else. They want to drag everybody down to their level. If they think that you are doing better than they are, then they're going to attack you. So when you're doing flex training, you need to, uh, and you're adding the outdoor park option, you need to plan workouts that include a lot of space. You need to ask your members to bring a mat and a water bottle with them. You need to set up an A-frame sign with your gym name and website on it. You need to attach a bottle of hand sanitizer to that sign. If you bring equipment like dumbbells, you need to make a big public display of cleaning them thoroughly before you put them back in your car, like let people see that. You need to come up with a virtual high five ritual. So social distancing rules are still in play. Your gym is still on stage. Not everyone who sees these public displays in the parks are going to welcome them. So make sure that you're not breaking the rules. You know, come up with something in advance that replaces the hugs and high fives that you normally have in your group class and teach it to people before they get out there. If you start a group workout in a park and everybody just reverts back to high fiving each other and you have to be like the high five police and stop them, that's not going to go over well. You're going to feel bad. They're going to feel bad. So training in parks won't be enough to keep your audience engaged. You won't be able to offer as many classes as you used to and weather will further limit the opportunity, but it's one step back toward training people in person and then after weeks of being locked indoors an outdoor class might be a huge relief for your clients. So plan to invite your members to a specific class once per week, in addition to their online training. When weather interrupts, then you can fall back on doing your virtual zoom classes. So the fourth stage of our plan here is a fully open facility. Reopening your facility might be a huge relief to you, but many owners are already finding that some of their clients actually prefer online training and other clients will be pretty reluctant to rejoin large groups again. You know, speaking personally, yesterday, I went to a bike store. It was the first time I'd been in a commercial building that I didn't own in about six weeks and I had these weird feelings of anxiety. I, I couldn't believe it. I recognized them as they were happening in myself, and I was nervous about being around people again. Even though the bike shop had great social distancing rules in play, I came home reluctant to go out in public soon again. It's crazy. Your clients are going to be feeling, to more or less the same degree, some of that social anxiety that they didn't have before. Um, so you really have to be be wary of that. And you have to ask every single client, what do you want right now? Um, so after 24 years as a coach, I've learned to never assume that I know what my clients want. So I always ask them. Since online training is a higher value service than group training in person, gym owners shouldn't miss these opportunities by simply saying, okay, we're going back to class when their doors reopen. This is, it's worth the time to ask every single member, what do you want now? So that means your reopening is a perfect time to do a goal review with every single member, update their prescription to include online training, personal training, group training, nutrition, coaching, habits, coaching, or whatever it is that they actually need from you right now, instead of what you're just used to selling. You know, I said that one of the keys to successful online training is to ask your top clients, what do you need most from me right now? And then tailor your service depending on their answers. But that's always been the best strategy for gym owners to follow anyway. The key to retention and conversion back to your gym isn't better programming, it's not more space, it's not your equipment. The key is maintaining a one-on-one relationship with every client in your gym, even if they exercise in a group. That means frequent goal review meetings, and it also means changing your service to reflect what your clients need right now. So as you ramp up your physical location, you should send each client a personalized message like this. Hey Heather, I'm really excited to get back to our barbells again, but some clients have told me they love doing their workouts at home, and a few are even choosing to stay online. What do you think would work best for you in the next few months? And then after Heather gives you her answer, you respond with, great, here's how we can do that. And then you give Heather a price. If you're careful about setting your rates for online coaching, this should be a snap. If a higher rate comes as a surprise to your clients, then you've anchored their expectations incorrectly. So you need to get on a call with a mentor to talk about how to fix that mistake. And as always, remember that group training is your discount option. So after Heather chooses her preference, you respond with, fantastic, can't wait to see you, can we plan to review your progress and preferences again in three months? And then you set a date for their next goal review, because people will want and need different levels of service at different times. And then, you know, you just run with their new training plan. When you're fully finally open again, you're going to have this rush of client excitement. So you're going to set up a reunion event that's private for your clients only because they're your priority first. Yes, there's a marketing opportunity to be had here, but not on day one. The first thing you have to do is celebrate reunion with your clients. So build the feelings of belonging for a week before you start marketing to new members. Remember, people don't usually go out of their way to recruit their friends. The best time to start an initiative to capture new clients is when your current clients are feeling really, really grateful. So a week after opening, plan a bring your friend to fitness day. These free community workouts and free trials, they haven't been effective for about four or five years because they only work for the self-driven early adopters who are going out of their way to look for your service but the COVID-19 crisis has forced a lot more of these folks out of hiding and they've pushed some late adopters to actually take action. It's awesome. So more people in the public will want to pursue health and fitness right now. Many have adopted a workout routine or a diet for the first time at home and your physical gym can be the next step after starting their fitness journey online. So for now, there's some low hanging fruit on the vine and there's also fewer pickers in the vineyard. Many big chain gyms will have to reopen slowly. Facebook ad costs are currently at 2015 levels. These opportunities won't last long. So after you've taken a bit of time to reinforce your connection with your clients and showing them that they are your top priority, get back to affinity marketing, organic marketing, and then paid marketing hard. So I've just laid out a progression from stage one to stage four to reopen your gym. Stage one was getting your clients training online and retaining them with best practices there. Stage two was flex training with small groups or one-on-one stage three was flex training and training people in public spaces stage four is a fully open facility i don't want you to think that this is going to be a one two three four progression though you should expect some backtracking you should expect your gym to open and then close again as governments rethink their policies or the virus flares up Uh, you should expect people to make mistakes and so the best thing that you can do right now is get out in front of your clients, share this plan with them. Here's what we're going to do. We want to get you back. Uh, we want to, you know, protect your health and fitness buffer. Uh, we know that we can expect to do this slowly. We know that we can expect some backtracking by the government. Here is our plan to deal with all of that and just showing them exactly what your plan is. will help keep them engaged. Remember that anytime your clients have to guess about the next step for themselves or what they should do, they're going to consider options outside of your gym. They're going to look online now. In the past, they would have looked at other fitness or other diets. But now your job as a leader is really to show them, here's exactly what we're going to do next. That works on a micro level through goal reviews. It works on a macro level when you're going through a big shutdown crisis right now. Uh, And it's your biggest opportunity in fitness is to step up and lead. So none of this is going to be easy. It means that, you know, you have to do more work maybe than what you're used to. For now, you have to maintain daily contact with each of your clients. And maybe you're not used to that. It means that you have to direct all of your energy into relationships. It means that you have to ask your clients, how can I help you today? And expect that answer to change week after week. But it also means that you're free. It also means that you can start over. It means that you have the opportunity to make up your business from scratch. It means that you don't have to adhere to the dogma or the preconceived notion of what's best anymore. It means you can rebuild. It means you can gloss over a lot of your past mistakes. And this time you can do it on a foundation of data instead of guessing. Now, you know I'm going to say get a mentor because all of your heroes have mentors. But if you can't get a mentor, ask for proof of anything that you're thinking of doing before you take action. I think the fitness industry is about to be reborn. I think that small micro gyms are going to lead the charge. I think most of the opposition has been peeled away. And when we get through this crisis, we're going to find a blue ocean of clients who want help. So thank you for doing this the right way. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the other side
0: today you are listening to Chris Cooper from Two Brain Business. If you'd like to get in touch with Chris or perhaps book a call with one of their mentors, go to twobrainbusiness.com. And that's one word, twobrainbusiness.com. Thank you for listening to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast and the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast, proudly supported and sponsored by FitRec Fitness Professionals for Fitness Registration.